Welcome to It's In My Cute, the podcast where we talk about TV pilots. I'm Kara. And I'm Adina. And today we're talking about the OC. This is another venture into the Josh Schwartz cinematic universe. So we've talked about Gossip Girl already. You can go back and listen to that episode 2007. We will do 2021 at a later date. But in that episode, we mentioned that Josh Schwartz was hesitant to do Gossip Girl because he was worried that um, he didn't want to do an OC, but set in um, Manhattan. He didn't want it to be like that. Um, But it's not, the OC is actually fairly different from Gossip Girl, if you ask me, or anyone who has actually watched both. They are not the same. So yeah, it ran for four seasons on Fox from 2003 to 2007. Um, and it was created by Josh Schwartz. I found it in 2016 because it was on Hulu. Um, I was a sophomore in college. I was bored. I actually have not finished the series in full. I think that something I, something happened when I was mid-season three, homework-wise, and I <laughs> had no time to finish. Um, I was busy. So, And then it got taken off of Hulu for a while, so then I was like... Ugh. Um, and I got sucked into other shows. The premise is kind of this like troubled youth is taken in by a wealthy family that lives in Newport Beach who have a nerdy son about his age. So it's about the two of them uh, navigating high school together, sort of. In 2002, Josh Schwartz met with uh, Mick G, who also was a, an EP on Supernatural. Um, I would recognize that name anywhere because it is Mick G. Yeah, um, I saw that in the credits and I was like, huh. Yeah, his name is Joseph McGinty Nickel. Um, okay. And as a producer, he goes by McGee. Um, okay. So Josh Schwartz met with McGee and Stephanie Savage um, through their production company, Wonderland, Wonderland Sound Division. Um, and they wanted to create a television show that was set in McGee's hometown of Newport Beach. Um, and so Stephanie Savage, who we also know co-created Gossip Girl with Josh Schwartz, this is their, this is their meeting. Stephanie Savage kind of envisioned it as a sort of 21 Jump Street style thing, but Schwartz was like, I'm not really familiar with that genre. So he kind of went away and worked on it. And he used um, his interactions with his Newport Beach classmates that he knew from USC as inspiration for this because um, uh, Josh Schwartz is Jewish and from the East Coast. And so uh, he, he um, you know, was moving about the world a bit differently than someone from like a wasp from Newport Beach would. <laughs> so he used that as his inspiration kind of mixed with his love of quirky characters on shows like Freaks and Geeks and My So-Called Life, um, which you might notice in one character in particular, Seth Cohen. And uh, it's funnily enough, people from Orange County criticized the title saying that no one calls it that. Um, but then Schwartz came back and was like, my classmates at school literally said they were from the OC. So he did get it from somewhere. And a little fun fact, like I said, um, you, when I mentioned the sort of the quirky characters from like Freaks and Geeks, My So-Called Life, and that Josh Schwartz is Jewish, the Cohen family in season one kind of took inspiration from Schwartz's own family life. I'm not going to get too much into it because obviously we talked about Josh Schwartz with Gossip Girl. So we know a little bit about Josh Schwartz now. Um, but production-wise for the OC, um, although it is set in Newport Beach, they actually mainly filmed in Manhattan Beach and a lot of other spots um, in LA County because apparently there's like there was like a financial penalty for filming outside the studio zone 
So like if you film outside of like the 30 mile whatever thing, you got to pay. I feel um, like the fact that it's more expensive to film in Orange County than in LA is like the most OC thing ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they there's a it's like a lot of LA County if you're really looking at it, which I actually was kind of it felt more I feel like I recognized like one of the streets that they drove down, but maybe that was just me being weird it's it'll be fun to if I end up like going through and finishing the series it'll be fun now that we live in LA to like actually watch it and kind of Mm -hmm. get it a bit more the other thing that I feel like we can talk about before we get started is the music because much like Gossip Girl music on this show is super important this show actually popularized quite a few indie bands um slash made their like cred go up um so Bands such as Rooney, The Killers, Modest Mouse, Death Cab for Cutie, they all made appearances on the show, among others. Um, I feel like the most known needle drop would probably be um, Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap, which happens in the season two finale. And that's where, that's like the mm, what you say moment. I feel like that's a pop culture moment that I knew about before watching the OC, also because of the SNL sketch, The Dear Sister, where they're all shooting each other. That's where they got that from. And I learned this music supervisor's name. So I'm going to give credit to her. It's Alexandra Patsavis. I should have looked it up. Um, But um, props to her because she's done so much for us. She's also the music supervisor on Gossip Girl, The Twilight Saga, Grey's Anatomy. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of creds. Mm -hmm. They're among others, but like those were like the big ones that I was like, okay, you've done so much for media um through your music supervision um so yeah props to the music supervisor like I said this ran for four seasons I feel like it was it had like decent um critical reception as well as like audience reception in season one and then it kind of like as it went on um like the ratings just got lower so um and I think that um their last season had a lower episode order so they were all kind of like this is getting canceled and so um (laughs) it got canceled with season four in 2007 I don't I do know a few things about how it ends I'm obviously not going to talk about them because this is the pilot um but uh I so I'm excited to see how they play out when I eventually finish the show um but yeah uh, do you have anything to say, Adina, before I begin? mean, I, I've not seen any of it beyond that one episode that we did watch in our holiday special from last year. You should check it out. Um, so I don't have a lot to say, but what I can say about the only context I had coming into this was I had heard of the mm, what you say moment, though I have no idea how it relates to the OC. I just know that it's a meme. Um <laughs> And I mostly know this so- this show as the one that has the California theme song because it's a very <laughs> it's a very uh, notable theme song as theme songs go. And the other thing I will say, just so all of you people that are fans of these shows can laugh at me, is I constantly get the OC and One Tree Hill and Dawson's Creek confused. I'm aware they're all different. I don't know why those three shows. I'm always getting confused. But for some reason, those three are in the exact same category in my head. They're interchangeable. So. That's fair. Um, 
I've never seen One Tree Hill or Dawson's Creek. They're on my list as a lover of teen dramas, but those are both relatively longer than the OC. Like yeah. One Tree Hill has like nine seasons. That's like a, a task. That's too many to finish. Um, but like that's what I'll get to one day. But it seemed lower on my list than some of the other ones. So I was like, one day when I feel like sitting down to watch it, I will watch mm-hmm. that one. Also, um, so we also talked about Gilmore Girls on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I remember watching Gilmore Girls for the first time and seeing Adam Brody pop up as Dave Rogalski. And I was very confused because I was like, isn't he on the OC? (laughs) And the reason that Dave Rogalski got written off is because um, Adam Brody went to go be Seth Cohen. And I'm sorry to the Dave Rogalski fans, but I like, I like, since I know Seth, I was like, yeah um, also it's a fun fact um he says he's moving to california he tells lane he yeah. has to go because he's moving to california uh-huh. so they yeah. made a little joke in the show about that yeah sorry to the dave Rogalski fans um but i think seth is great so i also i i don't think he was that much of a loss from gilmore girls frankly sorry crucify me anyone who's still a stan of dave Rogalski from 2003 <laughs> yeah I was like he was very cute when he popped up and it was very admirable he served a good purpose for Lane as like a boy that she got invested in that was really worth it but I don't I wouldn't have wanted to see it play out for any longer frankly yeah so um this was the right career move for Adam Brody at the time I guess we can get into the episode now so um this is called just premiere it was written by Josh Schwartz and directed by Doug Lyman. So um, we open, um, it's a dark night. We are in Chino, but not actually because they filmed in LA County. There are these two guys, um, their names are Trey and Ryan, and uh, they walk up to this locked car, um, just like sitting in like a dark sort of um, dark street. No one's around, it's late. Um, and the older one says that, uh, he has to teach his younger brother, um, about this. And so he hits the, he breaks into the car, he breaks the window and, uh, Ryan, who's played by Ben McKenzie, um, is the younger brother. And he's like really hesitant about breaking into this car and stealing it. Trey tells him to quit being a little bitch, um, and get in the car, but he's, still kind of hesitant so um eventually the police show up you hear a cop car you see it um as they're clear they're clearly clearly stealing this car um and a police chase ensues um so ryan hops into the car as his brother starts to drive away um they have uh, a chase that is very eventful and ends in a car accident so they are caught So next we cut to Ryan. He's in cuffs because he's in jail right now. Um, And he's meeting with his public defender. This is Sandy Cohen, played by Peter Gallagher. And so he sits down and he asks where his brother is. And uh, Ryan is 15, 16. So he is still a minor. But Trey is over 18. So he's looking at three to five years um, for this felony. And he had a bunch of other charges against him as well. Um, so 
we're learning a little bit about Ryan through this as Sandy kind of reads off his record. He says that like, you know, his school, school grades are not very good, but he is in like the 98th percentile for his test scores. So Sandy looks at me, he's like, you're really bright. If you like actually applied yourself in school, have you been thinking about uh, what college or your future? And Ryan kind of scoffs at him. He's like, you know, classic sort of troubled youth type thing. He's like, I'm not from a good part of town. I'm not, no one no one that I know succeeds in that way. Um, so he basically, Ryan has sort of a, a glib reply where he's like, social security is supposed to run out by 2025, which means people will have to stay in their jobs until they're 80. So I don't want to commit to anything too soon. And Sandy is like, hey, I was a lot like you. I grew up in a bad part of the Bronx with no money. Um, you have to have a plan. And then Ryan says something that... Uh, is also very sad. Um, he says, where I'm from, having a dream doesn't make you smart. Knowing it won't come true, that does. Um, so that immediately gives us like Ryan's outlook on life. Um, he's been burned too many times. So, and he's never seen anyone like rise up from their circumstances in this place. So he's not gonna dream that he can do that either. Ryan and Sandy leave the jail because he's allowed to go now. Um, and a car pulls up, uh, hits the curb. It's also like a very janky, um, beat down car. And it's Ryan's mom. She's really angry at him. And she, she basically, she says that she should have let him rot in there. And Sandy sees this interaction go down and he gives Ryan his card that has his phone number on it. He's like, call me if you need anything. Um, and so Ryan gets in the car with his mom and goes home. Uh, she's pouring herself a drink. Um, she's really upset with him. Clearly doesn't like him. It's very sad. Um, and also his mom's boyfriend is also sitting in the house. And uh, she basically tells Ryan that he needs to leave. He's like confused and upset. Obviously, he's like a 16 year old kid. And his mom is like, you gotta go. Um, uh, it escalated very quickly. It did. It did. Because then uh, his mother's boyfriend gets involved. Um, he's kind of yelling at his mom, like, what the fuck? Um, and the boyfriend hits him for talking back. They get into fisticuffs. It is just awful. And this is where, so finally, Ryan does just up and leave. He like gets his bike and like a backpack and just goes. And this is where we get our theme song drop. Um, it is <laughs> California by Phantom Planet. And so we see Ryan at a payphone. He needs to look for someone to crash with. So he's calling a bunch of people and they all say no. Um, and he's like kind of when he finally feels like he has no other uh, option, he takes the business card out of his pocket and he calls Sandy. Um, so then we get some really pretty California driving shots. Um, and then obviously the beach. Uh, so that's our teaser there. Um, any thoughts on that? Um, I will say it, it just really got going. Like I was not super expecting it to start with a car break in a uh, car robbery car chase. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it, it really got my attention. So once again, powerful teaser and another thing that we've said over and over and remains true to this day is to just get your pilot moving. Like yeah. if you told me like, oh, this show is about, I think literally the blurb on HBO Max said like, oh, it's about Ryan moving in with like an Orange County family. Like 
you know, the, the amateur version of the pilot would be like, oh, he meets them early on and things happen, this and that. And he goes to move in with them by the end of the pilot. But no, this happens in about five minutes, less than five minutes, as mm-hmm. it should, because that's just your premise. You want to get into that as fast as possible. Like, yes, did the scene at his house feel like it escalated a little quickly? Did his his mom and his mom's boyfriend feel a little bit like tropes that didn't have any substance? Yes, but they're just trying to get you to the part of the show that you care about. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, they're they're just trying to get us to get Ryan um to go with the Coens which is why you want to tune in so yeah and I think another thing like watching this back that I think it does really effectively effectively is you immediately can tell what type of a kid Ryan is um Mm -hmm. he's already really hesitant to uh be involved in crime with his brother I mean like he like this is all he knows though so it's kind of like the well I guess if you're gonna do it I kind of have to and then when he's talking to Sandy the whole thing about you can't you can have a dream yeah but like it's not going to come true because he knows Mm -hmm. sort of what he's been born into and he's like no one ever leaves that um so he's and he's obviously very smart as well um so like just getting that little those little bits from him he's already like feeling like a nice little protagonist for us um I yeah, love Ryan and it's a lot a, it's a fish out of water story so in yeah. a way this is just like new girl or the nanny mm-hmm. um <laughs> I mean obviously it's an hour-long drama not a sitcom but it kind of it's the same premise <laughs> um so it just goes to show that like you can use one sort of structure or one sort of trope a lot of different ways yeah um cool so moving on uh we're still in the car as sandy drives back to newport beach with ryan ryan comments on the nice car it's a bmw um and ryan's like i didn't think your type of lawyer made money and uh he's sandy's like we don't my wife has money um i gotta say like sandy cohen right off the bat establishing himself as a really nice man and also like ideal husband he's like yeah i'm the trophy husband i just do good work because i want to and i'm a kept man by my wife like (laughs) instantly super attractive to every woman there he's really great um (laughs) and so then they pull up to this beautiful gated community um it's like very fancy there obviously and Ryan is also kind of like "Ooh, your wife's got money like that um um so then uh Sandy tells Ryan to wait in the car once they pull up to their house because Sandy now has to go in and tell his wife that he's brought home this kid that was in jail yesterday um to stay with them uh so this is where we meet Kirsten Cohen um she is very shook by this prospect she's like um she even says it was only a matter of time before you started bringing home felons sandy kind of promises her hey it's only for the weekend i just he has nowhere else to go and so eventually she gives in she's like yeah i married just a very nice man um (laughs) so so when sandy's so she turns to leave the kitchen and sandy's like where are you going and she's like to lock up the jewels in the safe but she's joking she is going to get you know like uh sheets and towels and a toothbrush and ryan can sleep in the pool house because they have like you know a nice pool uh ryan has gotten out of the car um while he's been waiting for sandy and so he goes to the curb and he takes out his pack of cigarettes and he smokes one 
and there's a girl waiting by the curb. It is Misha Barton. I don't know that we get her name in this scene, but it's Marissa. Oh, we get it in a little bit. Um, so she sees him. She's waiting for someone, but she sees Ryan and she asks, who are you? And he says, whoever you want me to be, which is a very uh, bad boy response. Yep. 2003 bad boy. Love yep. it. Um, she asks if uh, she can bum a cigarette and he gives her one. Um, she's, she's, you know, very like kind of cute and bubbly teenage girl. And he's clearly smitten. Um, so she asks what he's doing here. And he's completely honest about what happened. He like says that he stole a car and he got put in jail. Um, and his mom kicked him out. And clearly she doesn't believe him because then she goes, you're their cousin from Boston, right? Um, <laughs> like thinking that he's making just a fun joke. Um, and so he just kind of agrees with her. <laughs> then Sandy comes out and he says, hi, we, this is where we get her name. It's Marissa. He says that they're excited for um, Marissa's fashion show fundraiser. The school that they go to puts on a fundraiser every year if it's a fashion show. So then she brings up the cousin thing and Sandy's like, oh yeah, from Seattle, uh, trying to play along. But then uh, Marissa's like, what? And Ryan has to be like, well, one parent's in Boston, <laughs> the other's in Seattle, like they're divorced. Um so then another dude pulls up in a very big truck, a pickup truck, um, to get Marissa. It's like one of those fancy pickup trucks yeah. with, the, with the really high up wheels that I hate. Just the worst type of car to be. Um, and so also driven by the worst type of guy. Um, <laughs> so it fits. So that's Luke, uh, Marissa's boyfriend. So, you know, she gets in the car, gives him a kiss, and they drive off to wherever they were going. Um, and Sandy, Sandy looks at Ryan and tells him to come in, but he's like, no smoking in our house. And so Ryan just throws the cigarette on the ground. I love this little character moment where Sandy runs after it and like actually stomps it out rather than just leaving, leaving it lit, which made me laugh. And next we have just a little moment of Sandy introducing Ryan to Kirsten. She still seems very hesitant about him, but you know, he seems nice enough. He's a nice kid. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the end of our act um, after they, you know, set him up in the pool house. Um, so we go into the next act and Ryan wakes up. It's a beautiful sunny day. He checks out, he walks out of the pool house and he checks out the Orange County view because they live on a hill. So it's like really nice. Um, yeah, I will say this about California houses. I personally do not love how every house here is up on a fucking steep, not every house, but all the nice houses here are up on a fucking steep hill. Mm -hmm. And because I driving up them is terrifying. And also me being from the East Coast, I always have this thought, which is an irrelevant thought here, which is this must be hell in the snow. And then I remember <laughs> that there's no snow here, so it's okay. But I realized when I was at a famous TV writer's beach house. <laughs> I won't say who because they sold it anyway. Um, I was at somebody's beach house and I realized the reason why they're all up on the hills is because then you look out and the view is spectacular. It's gorgeous. It really um, is. <laughs> yeah. So I think this house was modeled after a house in Mal Malibu. Um, so again, yeah, it looks like Malibu. Not, not Orange County, but it, yeah. Uh, like we said, close enough unless you're from here and you're like that's not there uh, <laughs> but everyone else is just like yeah um so he goes into the house and he sees a boy it is Adam Brody um sitting on the floor playing video games 
Um, so this is Kirsten and Sandy Sunseth. And he asks Ryan very simply, hey, you want to play? Um, <laughs> I love this. It's so simple. Just they'll be friends because they're going to play video games. Yeah. It's like as simple as like when you're like in kindergarten and you just go up to someone and say, do you want to play with me? Um, and then you do. Yeah. That, that's what this reminded me of. I just thought it was so cute. And now um, we're adults and it's like, are you vaccinated? Who did you vote for? <laughs> yeah. Politics, am I right? Yeah, Ryan and Seth are very cute friends. And this is the start of their very cute friendship. Sandy comes into the living room where they're playing their video games and tells Seth that um, he should show Ryan around. And Seth is kind of like, but my video games. Uh but eventually he's like yeah fine um and so ryan I also asked, loved how seth when he was talking about the video games he was like oh grand theft auto is fun because like you can steal cars in it and then he kind of catches himself and it seems like maybe his dad did tell him why um why ryan was there and he's like yeah. oh maybe not that one <laughs> uh yeah a little bit of that uh awkward seth cohen charm yeah. um and so ryan asks seth what do people around here do um, for fun. So next scene is they go sailing. Um, Seth has this little boat called the Summer Breeze. Uh, and so he says that next July he wants to sail to Tahiti. And Ryan asks if he'll get lonely. And he says, no, I'll have summer with me. And Ryan is like, what? Um, he's like, who is summer? And Seth is like, the girl the boat is named after. Um, and this is where he admits he has never talked to summer before. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan's just sitting there like okay um just yeah. being quiet about it like not really sure what to say because it sounds delusional um but yeah Seth is just like I like that he began he he approached it very gently instead of mocking Seth for like mm -hmm. naming the boat after a girl he's never talked to he was just like you're gonna sail to Tahiti in this tiny little <laughs> sailboat <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the acceptable part to question Mm -hmm. um and so then they are you know they've docked Seth's little boat um also it's like very clear that the t other teenagers in this town do other things Seth is just not cool and has no friends so that's why he just went sailing in his little boat summer breeze they see Sandy after they've docked the boat um, and he reminds him about the fashion show, them about the fashion show. And Seth is like, I'm not going. And Sandy is like, uh, Sandy kind of reminds him that it's a new school year and that he should try and make some friends. And also that Marissa invited Ryan basically uh, in like the scene before where she was, where she was talking to them and this is where we get a little hint um, of some uh, love triangle business from the past where Seth says that um, Marissa's dad almost got married to his mom. Uh, so they, you know, some old flame stuff going on there. Um, and Ryan mentions to get Seth to go, maybe Summer will be there at the fashion show. And Seth is like, well, she is Marissa's best friend. He finally agrees to go. Um, Next up, we see Marissa. She's looking out onto the balcony at her beautiful house next door to the Coens. Um, uh, she kind of sees uh, Ryan, Seth, and Sandy returning from the beach in the distance. Um, then the doorbell rings. Um, it's two guys in suits. They ask if her dad is there. Or, no, she, they, she, they don't even ask. She just says, my dad's not here. Um, 
uh, and they, this has clearly happened before. And they're like, well, just give him our card. We really need to get in touch with him. And the card they hand her says U.S. Securities and Exchanges Commission. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Not um, a good sign. No. Um, and so Marissa closes the door. Her dad is there. Um, this is a Jimmy Cooper. Uh, he is clearly evading the law. And- He's clearly done a bunch of crime. Yeah. He's probably done a lot of fraud, maybe some tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's just in his office. Um, he's like, thanks. He tells Marissa thanks for, you know, covering for him. Um, and he kind of lies to her about it. He's like, they've just been so annoying lately. Yeah, they've been annoying. You committed fraud. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, it's pretty clear that's what's happening. I'm not going to, that's a, that's a spoiler, yeah. but not really. It's very clear that he's- I don't think that's a, a spoiler. <laughs> um, and she asks, dad, is everything Okay. And he's like, it's just a thing with a client, nothing for you to worry about. And it's like, oh, sir, it's like really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Me just remembering this. Knocking on your door. You've done something very wrong. It's terrible. Um, uh, Yeah, it's like, okay, sir. Um, It's interesting because I like remember this plot line. But I didn't remember it being set up right now. But I'm like, as I was like rewatching this, I was like, oh, look at all the stuff they've set up. Good for them. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, anyway, the next scene is Ryan getting ready for the fashion show, which is apparently like a dress fancy type of fashion show, because I guess rich people like to do that um, to show off. So he's got his suit on. He puts he can't tie the tie. He doesn't know how. So he just tries to put the suit jacket on. He's like, this is good. I thought it looked great without the tie. Um, But Sandy comes in and he's like, uh, he helps him tie his tie, does a cute little dad thing for him, which um, it seems like Ryan never got, uh, which is really nice. Um, And Sandy kind of asks him about uh, hanging out with Seth and Ryan's like, yeah, he's cool. And Sandy's kind of, Sandy knows Seth isn't cool, but he's like, that's nice that you think that, that you're enjoying spending time with him at least. Um, and then he finishes tying Ryan's tie and he turns him around to the mirror and says, beats a jumpsuit. And then off they go. Next, we see um, uh, Marissa's little sister, Caitlin, and her mother, Julie, are getting ready for the party. Um, Marissa comes downstairs and she's, you know, dressed and she's got her hair pulled back and Julie makes a comment being like, oh, this makes the angles so harsh on your face when you wear your hair up. And then Jimmy comes in and is like, you look beautiful. Um, just, just a very like icky mom, icky mom Mm -hmm. commenting on daughter's appearance that happens often on shows like this. And in real life sometimes. Um, And then uh, next up, we are at the fashion show. Everyone is kind of coming up to Ryan, being like a little weirdly flirty with him uh, and asking him like about being the cousin from Boston, things like that, because that lie has been circulating. Um, And Ryan is kind of overwhelmed by the attention. So he goes up to the bar and orders a seven and seven. Um, and he's about to take a sip of it, but he turns around and Kirsten is right behind him. So he just hands it to her. She goes, she looks at him. She's like, yeah. And then she says, I want my husband to be right about you. 
the way I was reading her, which I liked, I actually mm-hmm. found it refreshing as opposed to her being totally accommodating or being like totally like, watch your back. Like, I think yeah. you're going to fail. Like, I liked that it seemed like she had a, a good balance of like, mm-hmm. she was really trying to be nice, but I got the sense of like her husband's always trying to help people and she's sees herself as he's the idealist and she's the realist yeah and she's like I want to live in this idealistic world with you but also somebody has to watch out for our family so I feel like she she was like she does want him to be right but she doesn't think he is right exactly um so (laughs) it's like it's an interesting line she's walking in this first episode where um, I actually really like that dynamic being Mm -hmm. that way that the husband's the idealist um and like the the charity doer and the wife is kind of the cynicist uh, breadwinner of the family. It was kind of refreshing. It also <laughs> it also kind of highlights the differences in their upbringings because mm-hmm. like yeah. the this fundraiser is the type of charity that Kirsten has known her whole life, and so I feel like she's still kind of getting used to the things that Sandy thinks of as actually you know helping people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they talk so, about it later on too. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, then we see Seth standing in a corner. He's very awkward with people, as we mentioned before, and this is mm-hmm. his first time interacting with people that aren't his family or Ryan in the episode. Um, and he says hello to Luke, who is Marissa's boyfriend. And Luke's response to him is so rude. Um, Did he call them queers or something? Yeah, he said, "Suck it, queer." Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's not nice. That was very 2003, that insult. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Seth spots Summer across the party and he does that whole thing where you're like, okay, look over there, but don't actually look. Um, <laughs> but but like, don't make it look like you're looking. And so Ryan does that. And we see uh, Summer talking to Marissa Summer, played by Rachel Bilson, um, and uh, Summer looks and is like, looks over at Ryan and says, who is that? Um, and Marissa sort of explains. Um, then we see Sandy go over to Seth and Ryan and point. He's like, hey, look, Seth, it's Summer, um, just completely embarrassing him. Um, and Seth kind of walks away because his father has harshed his mellow. Um, and then Seth... Um, not knowing who to talk to, goes to sit at the kids' table of this fashion show, sits next to Chester, um, who I guess has taken sailing lessons with him in the past because he then mentions some things about sailing. So they all sit down, and then the fashion show begins. Marissa is the MC at the beginning, uh, and she says that every year the Harbor School puts on this fashion show to raise money for the battered women's shelter. It's such a good cause, you guys. That's how she says it. Um, And then the show begins. Uh, Summer walks out first in like an outfit. Uh, Very, very um, interesting makeup. But that is how they wore their makeup back in the day. The whole scene was so aggressively 2000s. It was. It really was. It was like Summer had like on like a really rainbowy outfit. It also slightly reminded me of the dress from 13 going on 30, but like not as cute. And then uh, we cut backstage to the fashion show where all the girls are freaking out. 
Um, one mom is saying to like the person in charge that her daughter was supposed to be in Vera Wang, not Calvin Klein. And the woman is like, uh, she'll be in Vera Wang when she can fill it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also very damaging and objectifying. Yes. It was awful. So then we see, Mar- we cut to Marissa getting ready and Summer comes in and she's stolen two flutes of champagne. So she's like, look what I stole. <laughs> and then Marissa pulls out an entire bottle of vodka look what I stole. (laughs) So they're like, you know, they've got their contraband alcohol. And then, you know, Marissa goes out. Finally, she does her walk on the runway. Um, And Ryan and Marissa have like a little like eye contact moment um, while she's walking that Luke notices. Um, And then he sees Ryan and like narrows his eyes and is like, hmm, this dude's trouble. We cut to the adults talking as, you know, Marissa is walking. Um, so at this table, we've got Jimmy, Julie, Sandy, and Kirsten, and then some other people that I don't know the names of. Um, but that's not the important part. The important part is uh, all of the adults talking about how they trust Jimmy with their money. Jimmy is overwhelmed by this as he has committed some sort of crime. So he gets up and goes to the bathroom. So Ryan is in the bathroom. He sees Jimmy come in and, you know, like Ryan's just washing his hands. Um, Jimmy comes in and closes himself into the stall. He's like super nervous. He's having a freak out and he starts to cry. And Ryan just clocks this like, hmm. Um, The other interesting thing about Ryan is that he's a very quiet guy. Um, He does a lot. He's very big on observations and he also rarely smiles. Um, So when I first watched this, I called him my sad puppy. Um, Yeah, he's just kind of like. He's a premium sad boy. Yeah, he kind of just, you know, sees, he's very, he's very observant though. So like, he just even sits if, there in his little choker and he just kind of watches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love him. Anyway, the fashion show is over and Ryan is standing outside um, and Summer is like, Summer comes up to him and asks where he's going and he's like, home? Uh, but she invites him to this beach house party that they have, um, Holly's parents are like, you know, they've let them have control of the beach house. Um, and he is kind of nods and says like, maybe. Um, so he sees Seth and he goes over to him and says that they should go to Holly's party. Um, and Seth is like, I don't want to go to that. Um, and then Ryan a little bit lies about the invite being like, well, Summer invited me. She wants you there too. That's not what Summer said. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets Seth to go anyway. He And he also says, that makes absolutely no sense. But yes, we should go. So he's very confused by the Summer wants you there thing um, because Summer doesn't know him yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get in the car with them and Seth's like, if it sucks, we can always bail. Um, and that's the end of that act. Next up, we get to the actual party. Um, there are many drugs. Uh, uh, there were like so many bongs in that shot. And then like kids doing cocaine. Um, it was a very much, I feel like what you would expect a rich teen beach party to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they, Ryan and Seth sort of survey this party and Ryan says, welcome to the dark side. Um, they, they walk by the people doing drugs and Seth's like cocaine. That's awesome. He's like, kind of like nervous though. Um, and so, uh, you know, Uh, Then we cut back to Summer and Marissa and their friend, who I think was Holly, but I can't confirm this, so I'm not going to say her name again. Uh, And Summer asks about Marissa's purse, 
um, which is new apparently, and then says, oh, well, does your dad ever say no? He should, but he doesn't. Um, and then uh, as no one's looking, I, we notice Marissa pours some more vodka into her drink after they see Ryan walk by. Um, something to uh, allude to some events of later. Um, and Summer is intent on, you know, uh, making a move on Ryan. So she says she's going to play him, play him hot and cold um, and then goes off to the bathroom. Um, Luke goes to stand next to a girl who is decidedly not Marissa um, and asks if she wants to go check out the beach and the girl is kind of like what about Marissa and Luke is kind of like don't worry about that um just a class act this man um and Ryan spots him as I said Ryan's very observant so he spots him walking out um next we cut away from the party and we have a scene just between some of the adults um, similarly to Gossip Girl, the adults do have like their own kind of plot lines separate from the teens, um, which is another thing that is, um, you know, very Josh Schwartzy. Um, Kirsten is taking out the trash and we see Jimmy walking the dog um, and she asks if he's okay and he lies, um, you know. And then Jimmy asks about Ryan and Kirsten is, uh, you know, like honest, says he's one of Sandy's clients, that sort of thing. They're just keeping him for the weekend. Um, then we see Julie, they're, you know, having their nice little conversation. Um, and then Julie calls out to Jimmy and is like, did you get my fro-yo? Which he forgot. And he says he'll go back out to get it. And she's like, pistachio, please. Um, and then uh, he turns back to Kirsten and he says, did you ever think this would be our lives? And Kirsten doesn't really answer. She says, is Marissa back yet? Um, because she's actually worried. Marissa goes out all the time, but Seth never does. So she's yeah. like kind of worrying about um, her son, um, which I mean, fair. He gets very drunk at this party. Um, anyway, back to the party, we are met with Seth again. Um, he accidentally walks into a bathroom where all the girls are in a bubble bath. And he's very shocked by this and closes the door. Um, uh, We walk by the stoners again, who had all the bongs out. They're very high now. They're watching some girls dance, um, some girls in bikinis. And then Seth gets in line for the keg. So we see Seth going to get his alcohol. Next up, we have Marissa. She comes up to Ryan and she's asking him what he thinks of Newport. Um, They don't, he doesn't really say much as, as per usual but she takes his drink from him. And then we have, you know, everyone, people are out on the porch. Seth has fixed the keg that was put out and he's, you know, just drinking his beer on the ground. Um, And then Summer comes out and spots Ryan. And by now she's a bit more drunk, um, a bit drunker now. And she's kind of like all over him, which Seth notices and is like, what the hell, man? Because Ryan knows about how Seth feels about Summer. But this is the first time that Summer has ever seen Seth. She's like, who even are you? Um, So this is uh, now Summer's first impression of him. Though I do wonder how much she'll remember it. And then Seth is a little angry at Ryan. And Ryan is like, listen, I wasn't trying to do anything. And in like a bout of anger, Seth says, why don't you just go back to Chino? I bet there's a really nice car in the parking lot you could steal. Um, And people hear this. So this is, you also get like a moment of Marissa who 
for the first time is like, oh, he wasn't lying about that. He was not kidding. That actually happened. Um, And then everyone kind of looks like Ryan has committed like murder. Uh, They're like, oh my God. It's like, oh my God, you're from Chino. Oh my God, you stole a car. Um, You're a jailbird. It's like a whole thing. Um, And that's the end of that act. Um, Next, we see Seth go out to the beach and some kids are mean to him again. Um, So they're pushing him around and they start like beating him up and telling him to go home. And Seth is like trying to be like witty with them, which doesn't work with this set of bullies. Um, So he's like, it would be so cliche for you to hurt me. And they they're like, he's like, okay, you're going for the cliche. Um, So Ryan sees this and he comes to Seth's defense. Um, And Luke is also a part of this fight. And he asks if there's a problem. Um, And Ryan says, you tell me. And then Luke pushes Ryan and then Ryan retaliates and they get into a fight as well, Um, which ends up with Ryan on the ground. He gets like really pummeled. And then Luke says, welcome to the OC, bitch. <laughs> this is how it's done in Orange County. When he said that, I was like, am I missing something? Is the OC known as a tough place? Because I basically just think of it like New Jersey, but in California. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have like, it no just, clue. I was like, is this line intended to be humorous? Because I'm laughing at it. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny to me. Like, this is a, this is like also I think kind of a meme now yeah. um that that particular line but <laughs> I, I remember that line being be. like huh uh I mean if it funny. is intended to be funny they did an excellent job but I could not <laughs> fully tell I couldn't tell either and I still couldn't tell you um upon like rewatching this a second time so Seth and Ryan return home from the party and they sit in the pool house together Seth is pretty drunk Um, he's about to pass out so he says to he's like glad that Ryan totally had his back out there um, even after their little fight Um, and Seth's like I want to teach I want you to teach me your moves so that next time we can take them Um, and then also right before he's like at least now I'm on Summer's radar um, he's like do you think I should tell her about Tahiti and Ryan is like no I don't think you should tell her about Tahiti he's like yeah yeah I'll wait you're right um and then he says I'm not gonna forget it Ryan I'm not gonna forget that one because that was his first like thing that he did with other people and then he falls asleep um (laughs) and I feel like this might have been the first time that Ryan smiled in the entire episode was when he had this little moment with Seth which makes my heart so happy um it might be his like first genuine friendship too yeah oh they're so cute then we see Ryan out on the balcony. It is wild to me that the pool house has a balcony, by the way. I just have to yeah. say this. Um, this is a ridiculously nice house. So he's on the balcony and he sees a car stop next door and it's summer and another girl returning a very drunken, passed out Marissa to her doorstep. Um, it kind of feels like the way they're doing it. It feels like it's very much the norm for her to get this drunk and p- then pass out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they put her down and they're like, oh, where are her keys? And Summer goes through Marissa's purse and can't find the keys. And they're like, well, we can't wake her dad. He'll be pissed. So they just lie her down on like the door st- on the doorstep and run away. Um, I will say though, even though it was kind of like a, a shit, shitty thing to do, at least it was in like this very nice gated community. 
Yeah. Um, but still. Also, I was uh, like, if she's regularly getting drunk enough to pass out and have to be carried home at age like 16 or whatever, that someone should be doing something about this. And that brings me to, this is setting up an important plot point Good. of Marissa's alcoholism. Good. Someone <laughs> um, should address it. I'm worried about yeah. her. I am too, as you should be. Um, I like was actually shocked because I like remember at some point, like recently seeing a gift set on a Tumblr of the moment where uh, Summer brings those champagne flutes and then Marissa has out that bottle. I didn't remember that was from the pilot. I was just like, oh, that's just from a random episode because yeah. Marissa has a problem. Yeah. Uh, no, it's from the pilot. So yeah, she's got she's got a problem and she needs some help um, and she'll get it eventually. Um, so yeah, uh, so Ryan sees this whole interaction and is kind of like, maybe she shouldn't be left on her doorstep like this, <laughs> just on the ground. Um, so he goes down to help um, and he like, also goes to look in her purse, can't find her keys. They were right. Her keys are simply not there. So he brings her back to the pool house and he like tucks her into the bed. And then, you know, he's kind of like staring at her asleep. Um, he's like, hmm. And then that's the end of that act. So our, we're back, in, we're into our last act now. Um, it's the next morning. Ryan wakes up. He's like on the stairs above Seth and he looks in the pool house. He looks in like the little bed and Marissa is gone. Then Kirsten comes in because obviously Seth did not come into the house last night. Um, and she's freak, freaking out. Um, and she sees what's happened to Seth's face. And she's like, what happened? And Seth is like, I got in a fight. But he should have said, I got beat up, mom. Yeah, I would uh, not call what happened to him being in a fight. Yeah, because he got beat up and his his saying, I got in a fight, makes it her think that Ryan was the cause of this, mm. um, which so the wording could have been different, Seth, but in his yeah. defense, he was also still drunk. Yeah. So he so basically Kirsten pulls him into the house. Um, Sandy has returned from surfing and Kirsten is like, Seth got into a fight um, last night and she's like, Ryan has to go uh and Sandy Sandy's um reaction to this at least he has someone to hang out with <laughs> which is very funny you can kind of see where Seth gets his humor from in Sandy yeah. I feel yeah um and then Sandy tries to tell Kirsten there's this whole world outside of the Newport Beach bubble and uh Kirsten is like, you were very happy to be in the bubble. And Sandy's like, yeah, but I knew something else was out there. And Seth doesn't. Seth is a very sheltered individual. And then he also kind of brings up the fact that Kirsten said that she never wanted to have a life like her parents, which she obviously now has. And Kirsten was like, I said those things when I was 22 and stupid, pretty much. Um, and she, she then basically puts her foot down and says she doesn't want Ryan in the house anymore. So Kirsten goes into the kitchen and she finds Ryan there and he's cooking breakfast and she's like trying to be like, I'm sorry, I just can't have you in the house. Um, and he's like, yeah, I understand. And he also mentions that um, he learned to cook because no one else in his family really does. Um, that was so sad. Yeah, he gets why she doesn't want him there. So he just says, you have a really nice family um and then he leaves and he goes upstairs to Seth's room to say goodbye Seth has passed on in his bed 
um, Ryan knocks and Seth wakes up and he pulls Ryan in for a hug. And he's like, maybe I'll come down to Chino and visit you, which is very silly. Um, and then he hands Ryan a map saying maybe there's somewhere somewhere he'll want to go because he since they had their whole Tahiti conversation. Um, so Ryan and Sandy get in the car. They're on their way back to Chino. We see Marissa waiting by the curb. She seems all better now. Um, and she sees the car and they do the little Ryan looks back out the window um, thing. And then he spots Luke coming to pick her up. I wrote excellent soundtrack, but I have no clue what was playing in this know. moment. So I guess we'll never know. But anyway, we get back to Chino and I know what you're thinking. How will the show continue if Ryan gets sent back home? Yeah. So um, what happens is Ryan thanks Sandy and Sandy's like, I'm going to make sure everything works out for you. Um, and Ryan's like, okay, yeah, he doesn't, Ryan is not the type to believe these sorts of things as we've seen, we've seen what he comes from. So um, Ryan goes inside the house and it is empty. Everything is gone. No one is there. And there's just like a note written out in like red marker, basically probably just saying that um, she, his mom left. Um, and Sandy follows him inside and sees that everything is gone. And Ryan is like dumbstruck and sad and like what the fuck and you're just sitting there like oh my god they really abandoned this kid um and sandy just tells him come on and they get back in the car yeah. and they go back to newport yeah um and that's the end of the episode yeah i didn't realize this until just now as you were describing it but structurally that actually really reminds me of the supernatural pilot because yeah that also ends with a moment where you're like, you know, Sam and Dean are, they, they fight this one demon together or whatever. They're looking for their dad. Like Sam agrees to go just for this one to help on this one demon, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then he comes back home and he's like, well, I got to finish school. I got to be with my girlfriend. And it's like, oh, the show's got to be over, right? He's, he's not got any reason to leave. Why would he leave? And then he walks back in to see his girlfriend die. So it simultaneously yeah. like removes any chance of him actually going back to his normal life and like adds more reason for him to go on this quest. And I feel like this is kind of the exact same thing for Ryan. Mm -hmm. It's like, it literally takes away the possibility of him going back, whether or not he wanted to. And it's an extra like salt in the wound because yeah. his family is terrible and abandoned him. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. I like kind of forgot that that happened. I could not remember what happened to the mom. So it was like watching this all yeah. over again for me. Listen, I'll say it's kind of a flimsy plot device. The whole mom thing, mom kicking him mm -hmm. out thing. It is flimsy. But again, like that's not what you care about in this show. You don't really care yeah. why. You just care that Ryan's going to move in with them. Yeah. And we care that he's hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, he spent this whole episode being very sad. Yeah, um, as and... would be. Mm -hmm. Does his brother ever come back on the show? Sorry, this is just a yes, masking. He does. He does return. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> it's intriguing. Um, he sucks. Yeah, as you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, that's the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, so. We actually, yeah, as I, as I mentioned, um, at some point, there's actually a decent amount of like setup 
for a couple of big things in season one. One of those being Marissa's alcohol abuse and uh, her father's financial problems. It's It's like the little things that I like about this. I like when it's we get a little bit of nuggets about uh, what's to come. Obviously, you want to plant those little nuggets um, if you want people to continue watching, if you want people to be invested. I'm sure if it were 2003, I would be like, what did this man do to these people's money? Um, I find, I will say, I feel like some of the time I'm less invested in the adults on this show than I was in like Gossip Girl. Like they're not the same, but at least they're like the structures that they've set up in their first episodes of you're going to get some adult plot and you're going to get some teen plot. I can't divorce that from my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am kind of thinking about that, but I do find myself more invested in the Gossip Girl adults than the OC adults. Mm-hmm. Though I do love, like I love Sandy Cohen. Um, and that's yeah, I, think I will say I found, very sweet. I found Sandy to be a very compelling character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah because he was nice but he was also not really a doormat um yeah and wow I mean I guess it's a sign that I'm getting older but I actually have some interest in the adult plot lines on these shows I remember when I was younger I was like oh my god why are they putting any storylines about grown-ups in these shows I just want you know the young characters and now I understand it's because because adults have to watch these shows with their kids I guess less so these days like it's probably becoming less of a thing these days because everyone can stream their own shit but Mm-hmm. back in the day if the whole family had to sit through a show together you better have some plot lines for the adults too or else they will not let their kids watch that show yeah and that's how I felt about Rufus and Lily on Gossip Girl I did not care about them when I was in high school but now when I watch I find myself being like wow yeah. this is this is interesting to me now um but yeah so back to the OC we've got we've set up our main four characters though some are a bit less so um she didn't do very much but we've definitely really set up Ryan and Seth I feel um we we have their cute little budding friendship it didn't take very much for them to be friends um which I like I feel like there's a world where in this situation a character that's not like Seth but like has come from Seth's background would be like such an asshole to Ryan and then but then it would kind of be harder to watch because Ryan needs someone who's on his side too, you know, as he's coming into this new world. So it's good that he has like sort of a guide. Seth is not the best guide because Seth has no clue what's going on either since he doesn't talk to people, but that's also kind of part of what makes him so endearing. I think it's good because that way he and Ryan can both help each other. Like neither of them really has all the answers, but they can help each other. Exactly. Also, I it's just nice. realized another a character that Ryan reminds me of is kind of Veronica Mars, who also oh, yeah. is a very jaded protagonist on a teen show. Uh-huh. You're right. That's true. A little bit. Not not totally, but a little bit. I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, <laughs> I gotta finish yeah. that show at some point. I feel like it's the similar we don't see Veronica smile type thing. Yeah. I feel like she and Ryan kind of share that. It's like nothing yeah. makes them happy except maybe this one thing, yeah. uh, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the stepping in to protect someone else from bullies, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They both care a lot. Yeah. 
and Luke kind of reminded me of whatever the douchey guy's name was and Veronica Mars. I can't remember his name, but like the douchey. Yeah, maybe. Um, the guy that like used to date or the ex. Maybe Logan both of them. The I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Logan was an asshole. Yeah. But then we didn't watch further to when Logan apparently gets better. Yeah. I want to finish know. at some point. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting how you get. There's sort of some stock character types in 2000s teen dramas, but it is interesting to see the different variations yeah. on them. And I feel like that's why Seth is so fun because um he's like slightly different from some of yeah. the characters that you would normally see yeah, he is. in a teen drama um so uh I think that he I think that that's why so many people like talk about Seth Cohen still to this day yeah um yeah and just because I'm also I'm just comparing it to other shows because apparently that's the only kind of thought I'm having it today I what I kind of like I mean this is not necessarily a good or bad thing but this compared to Gossip Girl like this feels like, again, not that I grew up this way, so I don't know how realistic it is, but this feels like a more realistic take on what rich kids are getting up to. Like they are partying and Mm -hmm. doing drugs, but like it's on the beach, it's near their house, you know, they're like swiping stuff and like doing some drugs on the beach. Gossip Girl feels like a crazy fantasy of what rich kids are doing. It's like insane. They have access to everything. Like in this show, it's like they still had to like steal and hide alcohol. I feel like the kids in Gossip Girl were just going to bars. Like they are throwing parties with bars. Like it was crazy. Yeah. I also do think that speaks to a difference in like LA culture and New York culture too. Yeah, true. Yeah, but. And like the difference in tone between the two shows. Like this show Mm -hmm. is a little more grounded and Gossip Girl is a little more camp. Yeah. That's on purpose. I know. Um, before anyone yells at me like you're not getting the point I understand it's just a different choice yes so yeah I don't have much more to say about it I was saying to Adina before we turned we started recording that I really wish I had time to go through and actually fully finish the series um but I don't right now which is very sad there's a lot Um, of stuff to watch you guys I don't know if you've heard but there's a lot of tv out there it's so much it's like I will never have time to watch as much tv as I want to watch in my life Mm -hmm. and that makes me very sad yeah but I will say um Seth and Summer are one of my actually one of my favorite couples on tv I think they're very cute once Summer actually does know who Seth is Mm -hmm. um they're precious also I feel like they are part of the reason they kind of fit the mold of what I feel like Otis and Ruby are from their brief stint on sex education Mm. um that's I feel like that's why I was kind of drawn to them um because of the sort of Seth and Summer blueprint yeah I just really enjoy this show it's fun and also that very that that good little teen drama dramatic um I don't I can't really comment on how people thought that the quality went down because I don't really remember very much of the show from when I watched it like most shows decline a little bit as they go on that's kind of a natural thing Mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah I uh what are your thoughts Adina would you keep watching no because I'm not into this kind of show enough to care um it's perfectly fine and it seemed to be a good pilot for what it is but I and like this is the kind of show if Kara's ever watching it in the living room I would happily sit in and watch a couple episodes but I frankly am never gonna watch this whole thing on my own it's okay Mm-hmm. I'll show you the season two finale. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We want to hear from you now. 
If you have any thoughts about the OC pilot you'd like to share with us or suggestions for shows we should watch, you can email us at itsinmyqpod at gmail.com. And if you want to prepare for the next episode discussion with us, the next pilot we will be watching is Teen Wolf. So go ahead and watch or rewatch that episode so you'll be ready for our thoughts on it next time. If you want to hear our TV thoughts that go beyond the pilot, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at itsitmyq.substack.com for our thoughts and TV news straight in your inbox every Friday. And if you liked what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends to listen. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at inmyqpod or on our personal Twitters. I am at Adina Terrific. And I'm at Kara underscore Powell. Thanks for listening, and we hope we've helped you clear out your queue.